It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Saturday morning, broadcasting live this morning from the Infinite Energy Center, formerly known as the Gwinnett Center, the Gwinnett Arena up here on Sugarloaf Parkway. This is the Lawn and Garden Show. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful with doing whatever you want to do in the garden. I will do my best to find an answer for what you need to do to make something grow better or make the weeds grow less or to make your fruit trees have more fruit. Or whatever question you have, you're welcome to call 404-872-0750. And for listeners this morning, if you get here to the Infinite Energy Center between now and 9 o'clock, watch the show for an hour, but you get into the home show for free. This is the 20th annual North Atlanta home show at the Infinite Energy Center this morning. 150 vendors under one roof, all sorts of home renovation contractors and products and things you might want to buy this is a great place to come and get some ideas about what needs what needs to be done to your home jimmy is in atlanta and joins us on lawn and garden let's see if we can get my button up here jimmy hey good morning hey walter thank you for hey, taking jimmy. my call yes sir uh i have about a 15 to 20 year old japanese maple yeah and it has just looked brilliant all these years and you know how during the year it has that beautiful wine colored leaves and then in the yeah. fall it turns to the brilliant red. Yeah, sure. And right. then they fall off. One of the branches of my Japanese maple this year didn't turn. It stayed uh, the normal color of the leaves. Yeah. When it when the leaves finally all fell off, I noticed that I've got mistletoe growing on a branch <laughs> on that branch. Oh my gosh, look at that. Is there a problem with this branch? Do I need to cut it back? Or? Well, well, in your case, unless the leaves are somehow remarkably different, attractive, and beautiful, probably taking that limb out makes the most sense. The mistletoe angle on it is one I've never heard before, but that is very interesting and sort of understandable if the mistletoe is a parasite, of course, and so it gets its roots down into the tissue of the limb, and I guess that's what caused the... Uh, color difference between that and the rest of the tree and on the other hand I'll, I'll mention this that the way that you get some of the most beautiful of the Japanese maples the dwarf as well as the uh, variegated leaves Japanese maples is by occasionally Japanese maples will sport out a limb that is just different from all the rest of the limbs and it has thinner leaves or variegated colors or deeper purple or something like that and so a Japanese maple grower will take that limb and propagate it, make cuttings from it, propagate it, make sure the, the uh, coloration is stable and it does it every time he propagates, it stays the same. And then they sell them for, you know, $50, $80 for a Japanese maple. That's why they're so expensive. So okay. unless yours is very attractive, I guess cutting the limb off makes the best sense. Okay. Well, thank you, Walter. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck with that, Jimmy. I'm really, really interested about the mistletoe. And, again, that explains sort of why I think the color is different on it, but I just never heard of mistletoe on a Japanese maple before. Thanks for well, calling. thank you. You bet. Thank you. Learn something new every day. My friend Buffy, who's here, a promotions person at WSB, ran into a pig in Kennesaw Mountain. 
I mean, not with her car. She was running on the trails in Kennesaw Mountain, and the pig came out of the woods, ran around her, sniffed her shoes. Went off. Uh, tell us about it, Buff. We've got a microphone right there. What went off? We were doing what? Well, I was running on the trails. Yeah. And I heard a noise, and from out of the woods came this huge black pig. Right. And it scared me to death. Yeah. It was enormous. And so I just stood there and basically didn't move because I didn't want it to knock me over or chase me. <laughs> it's a big pig, sure. And it basically sniffed around, sniffed on my shoes, kind of gave me this glare <laughs> with its little beady <laughs> eye. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then off it went. Uh-huh. And that was it. And then I went to tell uh, the rangers that I ran into a pig on the trail, right. and they told me it was a domestic pig right. that would have been released or gotten uh, out, yeah. mated with a wild pig, and then they called it some name that was really yeah. long. I don't know. And so they're out in the woods. Kennesaw has a wild pig or an un uncorralled pig problem. Yeah, but I have been running there for probably 10 years, right. and this is the first time I've ever seen a I'm pig. glad you told me because, Lord, somebody will call me one Saturday morning saying, there's a pig out here in Kennesaw, and I'll say, I've never heard of that. But now I've heard about it, Buffy. Thank you. The first for everything. And you and the mistletoe on the Japanese maple, you learn something, two things, two things new every Saturday morning. Randy, 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 teach me something new about azaleas, Randy. Join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Randy. Hey, Walter. How's up? Uh, question. I've got probably 40 or 50 huge azaleas in my yard that have been there for 30 years. Right. And slowly, one by one, individual limbs on them the leaves are just drying curling up turning brown and the woody part of the limb is actually dead when you break it off and i don't know if it's an insect or if they just do they have a lifespan yeah that's pretty typical for azaleas when they get to 15 to 20 years old you just get the one limb here and one limb there syndrome where they just drop limbs randomly throughout the plant. It doesn't really show anything more than, I think, old age of that particular limb. It just aborts itself and goes away, and other limbs come to take its place. Should the whole plant just be cut back pretty close or and let them re-sprout? Just... You know, that makes the most sense of all. When you have a planting, and matter of fact, you may just tip the, tip the scale and favor of me trimming some of my big azaleas by the side of the house. That is something that needs to be done. They're easily 20 years old. They're seven feet high. They're sort of tangled up and got Smilex vine growing in them, and it would probably would make more sense than all to cut them back pretty severely myself, and I may do that this spring, just like you, Randy. And if I do that, they're going to be pretty much nothing but wood barren wood stick sticking up at that point. Yeah, but wait till 2018. All that new growth that you have this year in 2018 will be explosive. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your help. Bloom like crazy. Yeah, you're right. No blooms this year because you're cutting them all off now. Yeah. But it's probably the best time of year to do severe pruning like that because, I don't know, after they have bloomed, I know that's the time to do nipping and tipping and a little bit of shortening and things like that, of course. But doing severe pruning, I think, is better to do before the bloom comes on the azaleas. Right now would be great. And what type of fertilizer should I put on those after? Oh, just them any azalea, camellia fertilizer you find. EB Stone from Pike would do do great. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your help. All right. Thanks for calling, Bye. Randy. 
Robert is with us, and Robert, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, man, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm well. How can I help, Robert? Okay, um, I've got uh, Bermuda grass. Yeah. But in certain areas of the, of the of the grass, there's like silver dollar up to plate size, this flat, green, mossy-looking plant. It's ugly, and I've sprayed it with <laughs> a weed killer, all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm talking about, and if you do, uh, you well, if it's if it's ugly, then it's a weed. Uh, so that's much we know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you specifically. I can tell you the three most common ones right now are chickweed, henbit, and maybe clover is the third one I see a lot in lawns in my lawn a little bit too. So it's probably one of them, one of the broadleaf winter weeds. It's real flat. It's almost like a. A, a rug, the consistency of a rug. But you know, it could flat. be even creeping, creeping Charlie or chickweed. Both would be flat and rug-like. So one of those two would be my guess. So what would you use to get rid of it? Let's see. It's in what grass is it in right now? Bermuda, Bermuda. grass. Bermuda. Yeah. Um, it is safe to use most of the what we call post-emergent broadleaf weed killers, which means the Ortho Max or Bayer Season Long Weed Control or Weed Beater Ultra. Uh, Bonide uh, makes so any of those could be sprayed right now on Bermuda grass according to the label and it'll kill those weeds pretty efficiently pretty efficiently it sure will okay can I ask you one more question if you're pretty quick with it how many minutes uh, do I have yes I have one and a half minutes go for it we uh, planted a Mexican petunia yeah. It went through the winter and it looks like it's dead all the way down to the ground is that typical of that kind of plant do you think it'll come back out I, you know, I told you at the, the beginning, any plant that doesn't make you happy, that's a weed. Yeah. There are situations, I think, Robert, where Ruelia Mexican petunia can be a weed. I have a patch of it that tends to spread a little bit further than I would like for it to spread. Yeah. It's typical, yes, for it to dry down to the ground. There'll usually be a little bit of a rosette right at the base of the ground from which the new growth will come in the spring. But honestly, truly, on my Ruelia patch, if it, some of it gets killed by a little extra roundup here and there, it doesn't hurt my feelings in the least. So okay. that's what I say about Ruelia. Right. Well, thank you, Walter. All right. Thanks for calling, Robert. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750 gets you in. Of course, we're broadcasting live from the 20th Annual North Atlanta Home Show at the Infinite Energy Center. All details at atlantahomeshow.com. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today in the 70s, very low 70s, probably only 70 this afternoon, maybe 71 if the sun comes out for a while. Lows overnight, oh, around 50, 55, so it looks about right. Tomorrow, a slight chance for rain. Maybe if you wanted to put your pre-emergent out on your lawn, take a chance on that. Wouldn't be a bad idea to take a chance on the pre-emergent today because the rain might be able to wash it in tomorrow, the high tomorrow in the low 70s, 70, 71 degrees. And your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Go to the phones. We've got lots of questions going on here. Fred's up in Lawrenceville, and Fred joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Fred. Morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm well. How can I help, Fred? Um, I've got some English ivy climbing up some 30, 40-foot trees, and it's up about 12 feet. 
I was yeah. wondering if I could paint the leaves of the ivy with Roundup or something like that to kill the ivy and not hurt the tree. Why not just uh, cut the ivy vine at ground level? I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Sometimes it takes other people's perspectives to give you wisdom. Uh, Fred, if I were you, I would cut it at ground level. Um, you know, don't chop it with a with an axe or anything, but you can take pruners and get a screwdriver to pull it away from the bark and use pruners to cut the cut the vines. And frankly, I would pull it away from the trunk of the tree. You're standing there anyway. Pull the vine away from the trunk of the tree about two or three feet away so it doesn't get a chance to climb the tree again, and you'll have the problem solved pretty quickly. Sounds like a great idea. Work yeah, out and don't, don't be surprised, Fred. Those green leaves are up 10, 12 feet up in the tree. It's going to be May or June before they turn brown. And you'll think, oh, man, these are parasites. They're living. They're green this whole time. What's going on here? It takes a while. Green ivy leaves will shut down their photosynthesis, and they'll simply stay green, even though they're slowly dying. But they'll stay green for another couple of months pretty easily. But as long as you cut that stem and pull the stems away from the trunk, you're not going to have those. anything above that point is dead. Awesome. I'll work on that this afternoon. All right, Fred. Something to do. Something to keep you out of bit out of the out of the pool hall, as my mother used to say. Exactly. <laughs> that's, Thanks, that's a good thing. Thanks for calling, Fred. Going over the next half hour, Barbara in Toco Hill wants to know about her Daphne, and her buds are not opening either, just like her other caller had this morning. Maybe get some ideas about that. Uh, Marty has a Japanese maple that needs trimming, and he wants some recommendations of how to do it. Susan has a mole or a vole. Is eating the roots on her plant. I know what Susan has. We'll wait for her and Levi in Atlanta has black caterpillars on his hydroponic garden. Oh man, I don't get many hydroponic questions. We'll talk to Levi as well. Right now it's 827 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden broadcasting live from the 20th annual North Atlanta Home Show at the Infinite Energy Center. Details of who's here and what the hours are on AtlantaHomeShow.com. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Come on, people. Clap. I got more people out here. Yeah, there we go. All right. Dave Baker wasn't clapping. All right, Dave Baker didn't have to clap because he's the host. Dave Baker will be here in just a few minutes. All right, next break, Dave will get his clapper working so he can clap for us there. We're broadcasting live from the 20th Annual North Atlanta Home Show from the Infinite Energy Center, formerly the Gwinnett Center on Sugarloaf Parkway. And these lucky folks here, when 9 o'clock comes, will get to watch Dave Baker do his 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock home fix-it show, and then the gates will open for the whole um, home show, and they'll get into the show for free. Of course, the first thing we do at 8.35 is to talk to our friend Mickey Gazaway, and let me get my button around here. There it is. Well, Welcome to Lawn and Garden, Mickey Gazaway. Good morning. I know you're having fun. That is we, such a fun show. And you know we always have fun on remote broadcasts because the audience is here. I learn things. My friend Gene, the Dahlia Queen, Dahlia King, excuse me, is here. And so if Gene, if it is, I don't know, Gene. But nonetheless, Gene, our Dahlia expert, is here with me. He brought me a nice wiper, a swiper, it's called, uh, Mickey. It's a, 
uh, sort of a piece of plastic with a bottle on the end and a foam thing on the bottom of it that you put Roundup in, and it swipes the Roundup to uh, kill weeds in lawns and uh, be able to control the Roundup, which Take I think a is a great idea. It. I can't. I can't picture it. Take a picture of it. Put it on your website. All right. I think Gene's just I'd a like... great fella for bringing this to show me here. He yeah. Got it cleaned right. out of the house. Good. And so, well, let's talk some pipe business this morning because we got some things on sale because the <clears throat> Valentine's Day uh, is coming up rapidly. The Don't be like a deer in the headlights, Walter, but uh, go to Pike and buy something right. that might be 20% you off. What? Huh? Oh, that stands in the background just like me. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's talk about it. What's on sale at Pike All this right. weekend? Today is Florist Hydrangeas. That makes a and just we, fine, fine Valentine present. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Lasts much, much longer than a dozen roses. Yes, they do. And absolutely beautiful. So pretty. Huge blooms, pinks and blues and white. Really, really, really pretty. And I like those variegated petals, too. Some of the petals on them are have mm-hmm. the white and the purple and the red. You know, they're gorgeous-looking hydrangeas. Right. I can't remember. There was a name for those, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really pretty. So yeah, 20% off. That's a, that's a great deal. 20% off is a great deal on florist hydrangeas. And tell us, Mickey, the difference between a florist hydrangea and what I would say the normal, regular hydrangeas in the back. All right. This is my understanding, is that they're grown primarily in greenhouses. They're grown, the blooms are larger, they're pruned back so that you get much larger blooms on them. And so you've got a smaller plant with bigger blooms. Um, They're much showier than just an outside hydrangea, but they are eventually somewhere. They were probably outside hydrangeas. What I have found, and I've had really good luck, I've had several that I've gotten over the years, you just have to acclimate them. You can't just, as soon as they get through blooming, put them outside when it's 30 degrees. You can't do that because they, they have to acclimate. And so I'll wait till I'll keep them alive till spring, and then I'll put them out, and they'll acclimate over the summer, and then next winter they do fine. Now, in all honesty, mine usually don't bloom the first year after I put them out. Yeah, sure. But the next year they do, and they do fine. And I think that's, I think your observations are accurate. And sometimes they're bred also for real sturdy stems because they have to hold up those enormous right. flowers. And so the hydrangea that you get from these florist hydrangea will not look quite like the other hydrangeas in the yard. Might not be quite as winter hardy, but typically give it a few years and you get some flowers on it. But yeah, and you know, around here, they usually do fine. They yeah. They're really good. So I hope everybody will give them a try because they're absolutely beautiful. And you will. You'll just win somebody's heart if you give them that for Valentine's Day. Sure. Valentine's Day. Let's remind all the men out there, it's Tuesday. That's all right. the women, too. If you want to give your husband or your spouse or your loved one a florist hydrangea, melt their hearts if with a florist hydrangea. And we've got s- so many pretty things at Pike. Um, you know, just come in and look. Get them a, a florist hydrangea and get them a gift card and get them some other stuff. We've got jewelry. We've got everything at Pike. All, so, all you have to do is come to the cashier and have a pot load or a cartload of uh, hydrangeas for you and your neighbors and say your mother, your sister, your wife, your everybody else. And you say these are all 20% off because Mickey and Walter declared it so this weekend. That's right. And today... Were you going to ask me about the classes or not? Why, I was just about to ask it. you about the classes, but please tell me more about the classes at Pike Nursery, Mickey. Oh, I didn't know if we were going to talk about it or not. Um, we, we are going to have some roses, rose classes, um, how to grow roses, 
uh, today. Uh, they're going to be at, at more than one store, and I don't have the list in front of me, so you'll have to check your store, your local store, or, or go to pikenursery.com, and you can see where they're going to have the classes. And if you have questions about landscape design, Dave Baker is going to have some of your Pike Design Group folks will be on his show starting at 9 o'clock this morning. Oh, is he? Oh, well, yeah. good. Yeah, good, good, good. So that'll be great. So Florist Hydrangeas on sale, 20% off all Pike Nursery locations to find those locations. Once again, Mickey, where would we go to find Pike locations? At pikenursery.com. Of course. Mickey, we'll see you next Saturday. Have a great day. You too. See you then. And hopefully her sweetheart will get her a florist hydrangea or something more special than that that she would like to have. Susan is in Marietta, and Susan joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Susan. Morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm well. So what have you got going on in your garden? Uh, I have moles, bowls. They're eating my knockout roses, uh, mm -hmm. my huge hostas. They're all been gone in the last year or two, and I already saw the first. Um, mound yesterday, so they're already starting. And I have done poison pellets. I have uh, put the poison worms in. I've yeah. done so much. I don't know what else to do. Well, I have three Master Gardener classes so far that I've taught the nu my Nuisance Wildlife uh, Management class, the South Metro and Gainesville and uh, Metro Atlanta classes. And all of them, I've said, the first thing to do is to distinguish what you have and what damage is being done, and that will tell you what the control is going to be. But the mole is the one that eats insects only, and they make the tunnels and sometimes mounds in the middle of the lawn and against the sidewalk and all. But a mole is completely different from a vole because the vole is the one that eats the roots on your knockout roses. Yeah, that's your what I got. Commedia. Okay, so voles are completely different from a mole because voles are usually, in my experience, best trapped rather than poisoned. And so, yeah, mouse tried trap. <laughs> well, try again. Put how many traps did you put out in the first place, Susan? Um, only three. Now let's double that up. Maybe triple that up. We need at least half a dozen, and they're uh -huh. scattered around the landscape near your knockouts, just in the corners. Those are the ones the... that have the spring on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get the springy mouse traps. Bait them with peanut butter. Put a little piece of. Uh, a cardboard box or a black pot over the top, you know, upturned over the pot, over the trap, I mean, so that the birds don't get in there. You don't want to catch a, a, a brown thrasher or dove or anything like that. But if you put a half a dozen traps scattered around your landscape, you should catch one or two for a, you know, a week or so and maybe some more after that. If you put a piece of apple slice in there with the trap, they love apple slices. Ooh, they love apple slices. So put yeah, that, that in there to attract them as well. That's the one that you stand on and you pull the spring up, right? No, no, that no, no. Trap. That's too big. That's a normal. I want a little oh. mousetrap. Just a wooden mousetrap. Oh, a wooden mousetrap. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? I, I've done that, but not that many. Yeah. And they put the little peanut dollar, butter under the... Uh -huh. Yeah. A dollar and a half okay. each one. And you haven't got much investment, but again, a piece of cardboard or pot over the top and uh, set six of them out there and catch some voles. They are the ones doing the damage to your plants. Okay, do I put a little hole in the uh, tunnel? You no, know, to open no. it up All and do is just put, put it the over. Trap is on top of the soil near your plants that are affected and protecting it over the top of that. Yeah, okay, well, 
I've spent a lot of money and <laughs> even hired a, a group that when it came to $700 last year oh. put the worms in, and I never oh. got them. Yeah, the voles don't eat the worms to my knowledge, but now that you know what you have, a V-O-L-E, vole, Susan, that's what you can look up if you need more information about what they look like and the types of plants that they, that they attack. Barbara is in Toco Hills, and Barbara joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Barb, good morning. Hi, Walter. This, uh, thank you so much for your great program. Well, I wanted you, to ask you about my Daphne's. I have four Daphne pots, big pots, outside the front door. Right. They all look wonderful except one, and it has no leaves on it. It's the smallest, and it has tiny little kind of buds that have come out at the end of the, of the limbs, but it, it just looks really sick. Is there anything I can do to save it? <laughs> I think that Daphne has pretty much gone to Daphne heaven, to the oh. compost pile in the sky. That Daphne is dead, is what I would say, Barbara. Really? Well, yeah. I've gone through this before, and I've never been able to keep them alive after they look this bad. Yeah, exactly. But I was hoping you could give me a magic answer. I don't have the magic <laughs> answer for you. I do have a magic answer for you, Barbara. What? The Toco Hill Pike is right around the corner from you, and they have Daphne's, you know, for sale most of the year. So I would run well. around there and, and uh, make sure that they get your Daphne and uh, put it in a new pot with new soil. If you have it in a container, put new soil in there, oh, plant right. it, and mm -hmm. um, hopefully you'll have better luck next time. Thank you so much. Hey, Barbara, thanks for calling. Love your show. Bye. Thank you, ma'am. We've got, let's see, do we have time? Maybe we got time in here. Levi, 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 go for it. You have 49 seconds, Mr. Levi. Okay. Uh, well, I uh, have grown uh, hydroponic stuff in the past, uh, all yeah. kinds of things, uh, like tomatoes and um, spinach and whatnot. And yeah. every time I start to grow something, uh, the root system gets massive. And eventually I get these little tiny black bugs that look like little uh, caterpillars. Yeah, and I'm not sure if they're eating the root or not. I know you don't get a lot of hydroponic questions. No, I, I don't. Wondering. So tell me more. Yeah. Give me. Well, so no, that's it. That's you it. see these black things on the roots themselves, or just crawling around on top of the hydroponic media, or where do you see these black thingies? In in the actual roots that are hanging down in the uh, in the water, um, and it's always oh. been uh, yeah, it always happens after the roots get enormous. Wow, yeah, now that is a great one. This is one, Levi, that you are going to have the pleasurable experience of talking to an extension agent and maybe of taking some good close-up photographs, in-focus photographs, and call the Fulton County Extension Office. The new agent up in North Fulton right now is Abra Lee, and she is great. So if you call, I'll give you the phone number. It's one of these magic numbers that connects you to your local office. It's one 800 Ask UGA1. Easy to remember. Ask UGA1. And say, Abra, let me send you some pictures. Let me give you get the, your email address and see what she thinks is going on with your hydroponic uh, tomatoes, Levi. Okay, awesome. I really appreciate it because it's, it's been bothering me. Every, every year it seems like I get them. And, and they're fine at first, but as soon as the root system gets gigantic, it just, right. they just start popping up. It almost looks like ladybug larva without the orange on it. Oh, man. And when you find out what it is, of course, Levi, you're going to call me back and let me know what it is because I just don't know. I don't get that many hydroponic questions, and it would be really interesting to know what is going on with those roots. Thanks for calling, Levi. It's 848. We'll be back after this. 
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Now, now. Dave Baker here, host of the Home Fixing Show at 9 o'clock this morning. I have an audience here at the 20th Annual North Atlanta Home Show at the Infinite Energy Center here in uh, Gwinnett County on Sugarloaf Parkway. We have time for one final call this morning on Lawn and Garden. Let's see. It goes to Steve in Buford. Steve, please join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Walter. Real quick question. I have a bunch of boxwoods, four and a half, five foot. Question. Uh, can I really cut them back, and if so, is this the time to do it now? And when I mean cut it back, cut it back to probably like 30 inches. They sound pretty healthy, so assuming that they are in good health and good vigor and don't have any other environmental problems with them, the answer is yes, you can prune them back. With the reminder, Steve, do you know what the disease boxwood blight looks like? Uh, No. Get get accustomed to it because boxwoods all over Atlanta are succumbing to a disease called boxwood blight. And I talked to a bunch of, well, at least three landscapers on Tuesday who were judging a contest, and they were commiserating with each other about how many boxwoods they had seen that had declined because of this disease. It is spread sometimes by spores that come in on the pruning tools of landscape companies. And they were talking about how they sanitize their tools or how they keep tools for the homeowner there on site and in the shed so they don't spread the spores around and about. So if you're going to do the boxwoods on your own property and those tools don't go anywhere else, I think you're safe. You won't be spreading any diseases. And so you can, yes, prune boxwoods pretty severely, as you described, but always be on the lookout. And I'd rather than go through all the symptoms, I'm just going to say go to my website and type boxwood blight. And boy, there's some pictures there of some ruined boxwoods from that disease. It is very virulent, hard to control, and getting all over Atlanta right now. So be careful. We'll go ahead and prune those boxwoods, and we'll see what happens. It's been a great Saturday morning this morning because I've had the pleasure of seeing my time with Mr. Lorenzo Kemp, Ms. Buffy Sprick, Ms. Buffy Berman, uh, and Ashley Frass to screen the calls back to the studio. Uh, who else is back there? Mm, uh, Justin Byer. Justin was screening our call. Josh Byer was, screening our, was uh, engineering the show. He was on the air. And then I had the great pleasure of seeing Dave Baker walk in so I know that I can go home. If you do not, Get your question answered on the show on a Saturday morning. You can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Pinterest, on Facebook. We post things. Sign up for the newsletter. That said, if you're tired of talking to me today, listen to me next Saturday. I'll have more information for another edition of Lawn and Garden.